0: following program is brought to you by your friends at podcast one don't miss yosemite mariposa county this spring with this winter's record snowfall the waterfalls and wildflowers will be the best they've been in years enjoy rafting skydiving ziplining hiking biking museums shopping stargazing or just go with the flow plan your trip at yosemite.com welcome to the forbes sports money podcast i'm your host mike ozanian on this show we talk about the business of sports Welcome to another Forbes Sports Money Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. My guest today is Mark Lev, Managing Director for Fenway Sports Management. Mark, thanks a lot for coming on the show.
1: Uh, Thanks, Mike. It's uh, nice to be with you.
0: So let's get right down to it, Mark. I mean, what a season for Major League Baseball. Uh, We're looking at uh, sponsorship revenue based on this report. From ESP Properties, now we're going the last five years, total sponsorship for Major League Baseball, it, starting in 2013, 663 million, 695, 778, 827, then in 2017, just under 900 million, 892. I thought baseball was dead. What's, what's going on? Okay.
1: Well, uh, it's clearly not dead. Baseball is, uh, is alive and well. And um, I think that uh, the, you, there are a lot of reasons why uh, the trend is in, a, in an upward direction. Uh, most notably, you know, we've seen incredible interest, increased interest in the game with the past two uh, World Series um, with you know, record viewership and good, great young players that are fun to watch. So uh, baseball is clearly alive and well.
0: Yeah, let's get to the young players. You know, you're obviously partial to the Red Sox. I'm partial to the Yankees down here. Uh, How important
1: are young players? I think they're very important, uh, particularly as it relates to, um, um, you know, attracting and maintaining interest among young fans. I mean, we make a great effort here at Fenway to engage fans at an early age and have programs uh, to, to get kids into the ballpark and clearly having young players that they can connect to is, uh, plays a large part in um, stimulating their interest or catalyzing their interest in, in the in the Red Sox and in the game of baseball generally.
0: Yeah, the demographics seem to have really shifted for baseball where uh, for a number of years the concern was the, demographic, the demographics were aging, and there seems to have been a influx of young fans from the data I'm looking at um, And I think, you know, that coincides with not only the young stars in baseball right now, but also the presentation of the game seems to really have improved, seems to be a lot more fun. You know, even the game that they played out in uh, Williamsport, you know, where the little league world series is this year, you know, was really for the young fans and the way the players were engaging with the young fans. Um, As these demographics have improved and gotten younger for Major League Baseball, have you seen, from your side of the business, a shift in the types of sponsors that are coming to baseball?
1: Yeah. Well, I I can't say that there are necessarily sponsors that are coming into the game that are specifically targeting those young fans, uh, but... Um, you know, clearly those young fans have young parents and uh, the sort of the, the demo of the, the, the family, if you will, is attractive to sponsors. And I think it's also interesting that, um, you know, you mentioned Williamsport, um, you know, the, 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 at, the, at the league level, Commissioner Manfred has been doing a great job with his, uh, his initiatives around attracting youth to the game. And, um, and at the team level, teams are doing that as well. And, and I, I do think also some of the sponsors that are coming in are making the game uh, more, I don't know but more accessible, but a, a company like uh, Intel, for example, a technology company that's coming in that did a virtual reality stream, a game of the week in VR this year, attracts a younger audience. So um, I, I believe that uh, you're seeing more sponsors get involved because the demographics are really attractive. And you're seeing companies like an Intel or other technologies that are that are making the game more attractive to their younger audience through the technologies that they're providing.
0: Yeah, for the first time, Major League Baseball sold sponsorship to playoff series uh, and other postseason assets, uh, which really opened up a a new source of revenue. You talk about the mix of the old and uh, or more traditional sponsors with the new uh, camping world. Uh, for the American League Championship Series and National League Championship Series. WB Mason, uh, the Relay Review. Uh, uh, Dusan for the American League Division Series. And then you get into tech. T-Mobile for the National League Division Series. And then for the World Series, there was the, that YouTube ad right behind home, hi, behind home plate. You know, I, I felt like I kept wanting to click that arrow, you know, the first few times I saw the ad. Um, and then the traditional, I mean – Coca Cola and Coca Cola and Pepsi just keep battling each other. I think this year Coca Cola actually replaced Pepsi as the uh, official soft drink of Major League Baseball. But it's 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 huge. They have eighteen team deals as well. Uh, so you got technology, you got traditional. Um, I I see this as a very positive sign for baseball.
1: I, I agree, and and I, I do think you know baseball has a, a really great team that is leading their sponsorship sales effort and I think they've done a really good job flipping the the sponsorship model upside down and really going to market with programs that are not cookie cutter that are very uh, customizable to sponsor that deliver results measurable results you talked about um, uh, YouTube with the World Series I mean YouTube was able to see an uptick in uh, subscribers uh, during the World Series, given the incredible exposure that they received. And even sponsors like uh, Papa John's with their uh, Grand Slam promotion that every time there was a Grand Slam hit, there was a 40% discount at Papa John's stores. You know, that's very measurable and was customizable. So when you're able to present sponsorships that not only deliver the traditional benefits of brand exposure and uh, hospitality, but add a component to them that deliver tangible, measurable business results, you're going to have great success. And I think baseball is really leading the way and building those types of programs for, for some of these sponsors.
0: As I look at this, uh, trying to look inside the numbers here, this $892 million in spons- sponsorship spending for baseball in 2017. Uh, now, Presumably, these are all sort of the league-wide deals. This is this is just the money that gets split up evenly among the league's 30 teams, um, uh, and and does not include smaller deals that teams may have individually. Is that how you understand it?
1: Yeah, that's how I would understand it. Those are, these are those are deals at the league level.
0: Now, just f- for some of our listeners, they that may not be familiar with Fenway Sports Management uh, and specifically what you do. I mean. You really have a pulse on what's going on because FSM, is where the, where the word global is often overused, is truly a global sports marketing uh, behemoth that really specializes in partnership sales, consulting, uh, the creation of unique and uh, memorable events, and all kinds of experiences at stadiums. Uh, take a couple minutes, if you will, and, and get into what it is you do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, for Fenway Sports Management.
1: Our DNA at Fenway Sports Management is that we're a sales organization and we spend the majority of our time driving revenue through the sale of corporate sponsorships to the properties that our parent company owns and also to some of the, the uh, sports properties or assets that we are exclusively licensed to represent, such as Boston College Athletics and uh, the Dell Technologies Championship, um, and we'll tie No, we'll talk about it in a minute, our relationship that we have with LeBron James. But the business has evolved since it started in 2004. And in addition to our sales capability, the other two legs of the stool are our consulting and events business. We do a lot of work with uh, brands like Dunkin' Donuts and um, JetBlue and Stewart Healthcare, to name a few, where we work with them to help. Uh, them most effectively leverage sports assets to drive business results for them. And the third leg of the stool is our events business, where we have uh, transformed Fenway Park uh, into a year-round entertainment destination. We actually erected a 150-foot High ski jump in the middle of Fenway Park a couple of winters ago, so that side of our business has really grown and evolved, and has allowed us to take advantage of Fenway's unique position as a truly iconic uh, sports venue in the world.
0: Right, and and John Henry is the uh, the be all and see all owner of all of this. Uh, is that correct?
1: That's right. John John Henry is uh, and and Tom Werner are the leaders of Fenway Sports Group and. Um, uh, the, the, it's their vision and entrepreneurial spirit that's really allowed us to to pursue any of these things. That, key, candidly, if you asked me back in two thousand and four, would we be doing the things that we're doing? I would have looked at you like you had three heads. But uh, it's really uh, it's their vision and their support that allows us to pursue these great uh, these great events and activities.
0: You know, uh, John Henry's a uh, made his money on Wall Street, and I I always when I think of him, I always think of this. You know, mathematical whiz, a, a, a brilliant quant who uh, is great with odds and stuff like that. Do you ever talk sports with him? Does he, does he fo- actually follow and know what's going on in terms of auto racing? You know, you have half of that NASCAR uh, team that you own and soccer and, of course, the Red Sox.
1: I don't, uh, I, certainly he absolutely follows things quite closely, um, but I, I have not had the opportunity to sit and talk sports with him, uh, other than the occasional uh, when we happen to be together at a, at a game, but um, he is, uh, he is a, a, an avid fan and uh, knows everything that's going on, certainly within our uh, group of uh, organizations and, our, and the teams, the, the Liverpool and the Red Sox specifically.
0: And we're taking a quick break. The Forbes Sports Money Podcast is brought to you by LifeLock. Is your personal info for sale on the dark web? Monitoring your credit card can't show you, but LifeLock sees a wide range of threats to your identity. If something happens, U.S.-based specialists can work to fix it. Go to LifeLock.com, use promo code Forbes, and save 10%. Are there um, sponsors or deals that you're able to do because you own multiple teams and multiple sports in other words uh is there a sponsor sponsor that maybe would not have uh been with Fenway Sports Management but because you can offer the Red Sox uh Roush Fenway Racing and Liverpool it's more uh fits in
1: more with their strategy in some way so they come in what interestingly what has happened is a, a sponsor will come in through door number one, let's say the Red Sox, for example, and as we get to know that sponsor and work with them and understand their business and where they're looking to take their business, we're able to then present them with some of the assets that we have to help them grow that business. And I can point to um, uh, an example, a good example, is the relationship that we have with New Balance, um, which is, a, a, as you know, a, a Boston-based company that got into the baseball business several years ago. They started to manufacture um, and sell baseball cleats and had a relationship with Dustin Pedroia. And from that, uh, not, that was a relationship directly between Dustin and New Balance. But from that, we were able to build a relationship with them uh, where they became the official footwear and apparel partner of the Red Sox and have an iconic sign inside the ballpark. And not long after we purchased Liverpool and Liverpool's kit deal was up for renewal, uh, we sat with New Balance. And it was at a time when they were looking to make a bigger play from an international perspective with their Warrior brand. Um, and we were able to interest them and ultimately convince them to invest with Liverpool to, um, to, to, uh, outfit our players in their, in their kit. Um, so, you know, the the end game, we have a partner that's involved across all the properties, uh, but it started a different, didn't start that way. It grew organically, uh, from the relationship that we had with the Red Sox.
0: Fascinating. Does it work uh, within the different businesses as well, Uh, the ability to get scale? In other words, uh, are you able to uh, drive business uh, with some of the same partners you have or sponsors you have, for instance, from events to, let's say, consulting to, let's say, partnership sales to, you know, to, to the various divisions that Fenway Sports Marketing has?
1: Yes, uh, we, we are. We have been able to do that. In fact, our consulting business really grew out of our sales business and the many relationships that we enjoy, um, uh, companies that are sponsors of the Red Sox, for example, um, and, you know, the, the work that we did. Um, in, in helping them leverage those relationships, uh, led to them wanting to hire us to help them on a broader scale with all of their uh, sponsorship uh, business. So, you know, a good example of that is the relationship that we have with Dunkin' Donuts, who is a big sponsor of the Red Sox. They're a big sponsor on New England Sports Network. And through the work that our sales organization did um, in helping them leverage that, those relationships, it grew to a bigger relationship that we were able to, you know, get involved and work closely with their marketing folks and help them leverage their, their sports relationships across the country.
0: With the consulting, Mark, uh Do you you have to be careful that you're almost competing against yourself? In other words, you have this expertise in in these fields and then you're consulting other companies, you know, it sounds like to help them do what you're successful doing.
1: Yeah, you know, we do walk a fine line and, um, you know, we do have a, a Chinese wall, if you will, between our consulting and sales groups. But at the end of the day, the relationships that we have with these brands, it's all built on relationships and Trust and uh, they know that we're working in their best interests, um, and it's worked it's, it's worked for us and you know we continue to see growth in our sales area in our, and our in our consulting area. so um, we think the, the, the approach that we have is, uh, is, is working well and is something a foundation to build off of moving forward. So give me a quick reading and we'll keep it simple.
0: you know hot, lukewarm, cold. Or something in between, if you want, on the sponsorship demand, whether it be for TV or television advertising or at-venue advertising for the three main sports you're in. So, you know, Boston Red Sox, Liverpool, you know, English soccer, or as they call it, football over there, and Roush Fenway Racing, which of course is NASCAR.
1: How would you rate them right now? Sports has been and always will be a hot property. Um, as it relates to the the three that you mentioned, the Red Sox have been and always will be hot. <laughs> Liverpool, because it is you know like the Red Sox, is a uh, is a best of class brand. When we pick up the phone and reach out to companies to sponsor any one of our properties, but Liverpool specifically. We always get a callback because it's Liverpool, and it's one of the, um, you know, the handful of truly iconic global brands that are out there. And I'd say Roush, you know, NASCAR has obviously had its challenges over the past seven or eight years, and it's probably of all of the sports has been the one that's had uh, the 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 had the hardest time rebounding completely from the financial uh, challenges back in uh, 2008. Um, but that that being said, you know we still see a great deal of interest from brands in our NASCAR property, and I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with the way we uh, go to market selling it where you know much like baseball um, has has really flipped the model we 've tried to um, walk in the shoes of the companies that we 're looking to pitch and customize programs that are really designed to uh, help them achieve their business objectives. But N- NASCAR,
0: you know, as a whole, has has really been struggling the last few years. It, but it sounds like you, what you're telling me is the sponsorship revenue, the comps for Roush Fenway are going to be up this year versus last year. Are they still trending up overall? We're,
1: you know, we, I, I don't want to get into a, a discussion on uh, numbers, but I just I think what, what we see is that we still get interest we have get, received interest because of the approach that we take and candidly other teams are taking similar approach approaches the the Rubicon is has changed in NASCAR and um, it's not uh, like it was back in uh, you know the mid2000s when um, I'm sure the teams before we were involved uh, in the sport where the phone was ringing and you were taking orders it's uh, we have to be much more creative. To, um, and work collaboratively, collaboratively with partners. And, um, you know, our efforts in doing that is is generating a lot of interest. You know, we still have to get deals done, but, uh, you know, we, we're getting brands in the funnel. And uh, if a small percentage of those uh, come to fruition, then we're, we're doing our job and growing the business.
0: You mentioned how the Rubicon's changed. Can you give me an example of a deal you've recently done with uh, uh, Fenway Roush Racing in terms of, you know, uh, describe it sort of like as a new model, the way you have to work deals now as opposed to the way they were done 10, 15 years ago?
1: I can point to a, a couple of examples of deals that we've worked on with, with the Red Sox. You know, we we did a deal, a non traditional sponsor with a company called Drizzly, which is I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they deliver – um, uh, beverages, alcoholic beverages. Uh, um, it's it's kind of like an Uber, if you will, for for alcohol delivery. Um, and we created a content series working with a, one of our Red Sox legends, uh, Tim Wakefield, where they're delivering Drizzly to to Red Sox fans and complemented it with weekly posts encouraging fans to place orders on Friday afternoons and to help drive app downloads. So to my point earlier about baseball, really developing at the league level, developing programs that are customizable and measurable. At the end of the day, we can turn around and, and measure the effectiveness of a relationship like this one with Drizzly, not just by the number of impressions but app downloads that they're receiving and, and ultimately the business that they're generating.
0: When you measure it, does it measure it uh, like a knuckleball since Tim Wakefield's doing <laughs> it? No, but you, you, measurables, you know, it's everybody is – struggling or that's the goal everybody's doing you, you know even at Forbes when it comes for to advertisers online that's what that's what we're constantly uh our goal is to deliver um how do you get to uh how are you able to quantify measurables
1: in your deals what what's the focus on I don't think anybody has the science down yet on how to truly measure ROI on sponsorship, but the, you know the things that we can point to from a brand awareness perspective is you know we can measure the visibility that a sponsor receives through its messaging that it has in a ballpark there, as you know, there are services that are out there, uh, the repucom and the like that that can measure it and place a value against that. Um, you know that I would say that there, there there's certainly value to that for sure. But um, it's less about the sign and more about what's going on behind it. So other ways that we measure value using the Drizzly example is, okay, how many as a result of this promotion that they're doing with the Red Sox, how many downloads of their app occurred during the promotional window? And they can see a, a tangible result on that. Or if we're dealing with a brand that is a, a more B2B focused brand, how many relationships were, were we, we able to cultivate for that partner with um, some of their targets that, we, uh, that we're able to help retarget relationships that we're able to help them facilitate.
0: Do you always have to be on guard, regardless how hot a ticket the Red Sox are right now and have been the past several years, uh, in how you deal with the brand, in particular to how it relates to your sponsors and other partners?
1: We Absolutely. And Larry Lucchino, who uh, was the um, president emeritus, but uh, came in in 2002 with John Henry and Tom Warner and and served as the president and CEO of the Red Sox for uh, up until a couple of years ago, had an expression, uh, say, do no harm. And do no harm uh, to the brand. Do no harm to Fenway Park. uh, And and we really live by those words. And it, it really applies to everything that we do. Uh, whether it be a renovation that we're making to the ballpark, um, you know, uh, an upgrade to the ballpark, um, uh, whether it, it has to do with um, uh, an event that we're bringing to Fenway Park, a non-baseball event, there are a lot. Well, we've had some tremendous events here. We've had a lot of events that we've said no to because we just didn't think that they were the right fit for Fenway and the brand that we've established.
0: And we'll be right back after this quick break. What happens if someone gets their hands on your social security number? An identity thief can commit all sorts of identity fraud with your personal information. They can open bank accounts, receive medical care in your name, file phony tax returns and steal your refund, and even commit crimes in your name. Often, it's difficult to track down these crimes and it can take years to clear up. One in four people have experienced identity theft and if you're only monitoring your credit, Your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If they detect your information being used, they'll send you an alert. If there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code FORBES. That's FORBES for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit LifeLock.com and save 10% now. What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing. It's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast.
1: You know, I didn't know there was actual work here.
0: (laughs) Recent guests include Rich Eisen, Judge Judy, John Harbaugh, and the Sklar brothers. That was definitely a great moment to tell our parents, hey, we're not going to go to law school. We're just going to go ahead and do a job we could have done out of high school. Thanks for paying (laughs) for 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 college.
1: (laughs) Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet.
0: Get episodes every Tuesday at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.
1: At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more.
0: We are Farmers. Bum, bum,
1: bum, bum, bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchange and affiliates. Products not available in every state. When
0: you guys have events at Fenway, I'm assuming, you know, it costs a pretty penny, right? Because you got natural grass there and then you got to have people there to to run the ballpark and all of that and then the cleanup. What can you gross there in revenue? Uh, for an event. And, and, and is there a big difference between, say, having a concert and, or, a, or a college football game there in terms of the monetary impact?
1: It's a lot of time, effort, people costs and, and the cost that goes into preparing the field for football to restoring the field for baseball. Um, uh, so uh, you know as we as we evaluate the different opportunities that come to us, we need to be sure that the events that we 're bringing to Fenway are going to um, be appealing and that they 're going to drive ticket sales, that we can generate sponsorship revenue from them. That being said, um, there is great value that we place on the marketing of these events, and uh, the, the, you know, it's it's an intangible certainly, but uh, having these events at Fenway is great. Uh not just for us and for our organization, but it's also great for the city and the revenue that's generated uh, for the city. Um, I think last year or two years ago, rather, when we hosted the Notre Dame Shamrock Series and an Irish hurling match the following day, there was something in the neighborhood of 30 to $35 million that the city estimated was generated from, uh, from all the visitors that came in.
0: Yeah, but you guys, I mean, are, at the end of the day, I can't imagine John Henry being happy saying, you know what, we're not making money on this, but let's do it for goodwill. I mean, you guys got to make money with these events. And, you know, I, I've been trying to calculate numbers on, because obviously the Red Sox aren't alone in, in holding non-baseball uh, events or football events if they're a football team in their stadium. I mean, my numbers are showing, like, per event, netting, like, anywhere from three to $5 million. So, um My calculation is pretty close. I know you don't want to give exact numbers, but I think I'm pretty close.
1: You know, I don't want to (laughs) give right numbers. You might be overshooting it a little bit. All (laughs) right.
0: Hey, um, one thing I wanted to ask you for a while is how the heck did you guys get to be the exclusive sales team for Major League Baseball advanced media? I mean – Bob Bowman, who I think is stepping down at the end of this year, and is, was, was the creator of that, is, is one of my, he's one of my heroes. I mean, I think he's one of the smartest uh, and most humble people I've ever met since I've uh, been in journalism. Um, I mean, that that has had to have been a hot ticket for you.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. Bowman is, uh, Bob is is incredible. He's really uh, had an amazing run. Uh, But really, um, it goes back to, um, I think it was 2006 maybe, when our then president of uh, Fenway Sports Management, Mike D., um, who's close with Bob, were sitting at a Red Sox game and discussing how we could be of value to Bob as they were growing out the uh, the sponsorship business for the um, MLB, uh, the online platform, and um, we worked very closely. At, uh, the, actually, the gentleman who is now the the managing director at Liverpool, Billy Hogan, who was a colleague of mine here at FSM for many years, was intimately involved in working with uh, with Bob and with his team to build out the sponsorship platform that today is generating you know millions of dollars of revenue uh, for for baseball. What uh, do you think, if any, will be the
0: impact with uh, BAM Tech now, the controlling owner? It's been sold. The controlling owner is uh, the Walt Disney Company, uh, and so it's separate from Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Uh, What type of impact will that have, uh, both for you and, and also in terms of for Major League Baseball Advanced Media?
1: I don't think I don't think it's gonna we will feel the impact in any way and I think um you know uh, probably a question that's better suited for for Rob Manford and the team down in New York but um you know baseball I'm sure is really gonna focus in on its on the core baseball business I mean Bam Tech was an incredible uh incredible business and you know it's been widely published uh what, what Disney paid for it and why they invested in it um but um you know, I, I don't. Uh, at least on our end, I don't see a uh, a big impact, and um, I think baseball will really just be doubling down on its core business and and uh, continuing to grow from a technological standpoint. Doing things like, you know, we talked earlier about the relationship that they had with Intel and looking how, how some of those emerging technology can, technologies can can be used to provide. Uh, fans with uh, an even more intimate uh, experience with the game
0: you you mentioned earlier you touched on the AIG hurling classic and Irish festival coming to Fenway Park um, you know th- when I first saw that I was like God, you know, I just never thought of that I mean what made you think that would work and and as a follow up you know are there any other types of events uh, that you can divulge that you're looking at that you may want to bring to Fenway that you haven't had there yet
1: um, well, the, the answer to answer the first question, the, the, uh, the conversation about bringing Hurling to Fenway really started through a relationship that one of the guys on our sales team here had with AIG and learning of their investment in the sport um, over in Ireland. And uh, that led to a conversation about um, bringing a match to Fenway back in two thousand and fifteen, uh, the, 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 the the sport is the, the governing body of the sport is something known as the, the GAA the gaelic athletic association and the players association is called the gpa gaelic players association and so we got into discussions with them they were the gpa was looking to extend uh, expand the sport and the interest in the sport outside of um outside of ireland and you know certainly uh, when you think about the united states and and an irish population in the united states the first city that comes to mind is boston so we, um, we, we decided to give it a whirl back in 2015, and we were, we were hoping that we would attract 10,000 people to come and see that match between Dublin and Galway here at uh, Fenway. And we ended up with over 28,000 people that attended the match and the Irish festival that, was, that we created around it. Uh, so obviously that was a huge success um, both for us and for the, uh, the GPA and the GAA.
0: I know you were uh, intimately involved uh, with the uh, unique deal that was done. I I don't know. I want to say five years ago. It it may have been longer than that now. I'm not sure. But where LeBron James got a small, very small piece of Liverpool, the soccer team you guys own, in exchange you guys, Fenway Sports Marketing, got the marketing rights or certain marketing rights, I should say, if I remember correctly. Um, That seems to have – Uh, really uh, started something, I guess, you know, these players earn so much money now, the superstars do. I mean, now you have uh, Derek Jeter being a small minority owner in the Miami Marlins. Um, Did did that deal, uh, is that emblematic of the way things are going to go, you know, from now on with the superstars where they want to be owners in assets, they want to be partners?
1: I think so. It, it, you know, it's, it's it's smart business, right? I, you know, these these I think these players know that their playing careers are are finite, and uh, to use their celebrity and popularity, and in the case of LeBron, his business savvy, uh, to um, to secure other deals that. Uh, Give them a, an equity position within companies is just it's it's good business. LeBron is massively popular, as you as you probably know, as are many NBA players in, in Asia and in China specifically, and that is the a growing uh, frontier for um, international soccer. And we saw having LeBron as um, um, as uh, as a partner with Liverpool. Is being something that would be of great value to us as we look to help grow Liverpool's business in Asia. So I've been over there with him on a couple of occasions, and we've used the opportunity of him being there to have meetings with prospective partners of Liverpool, um, and it's 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 worked out really well. But you're you're right with with Jeter, you know, with Kevin Durant, um, you you are seeing athletes looking at things uh, differently, and in some cases even passing up traditional. Uh, relationships with advertisers to pursue something that, over the long haul, might be more lucrative for them.
0: What's it like hanging with LeBron? You know, what's, <laughs> how's his uh, how's his business acumen? What type of questions does he ask? What's what's he interested in?
1: You know, he is a you know my the, the limited time that I've spent with him, I've come to really appreciate his. He's a very smart guy. Um, he, um, he he's very authentic. He wants to be involved with things that he believes in and that he would use uh, or that are, that are um, you know, he's, he's not a phony in any way when it comes to, to business. Um, uh, and to, we, we had him come a couple of years ago and speak at a, at a business event that we hosted at Fenway Park. And um, I think for a lot of the people that were in the room that it was the first time they really saw him speak about something other than basketball. Uh, it was really enlightening for a lot of them to, to appreciate his intellect and his business savvy. And, you know, as, as certainly we have followed his career and others followed his business career. It's no surprise to see him, um, you know, in the role that he's in now with businesses like Blaze Pizza or with Spring Hill Entertainment or with Uninterrupted. Um, he is uh, – he, those were those are all relationships that really started with him. Um, and certainly he has uh support to help uh him think through all of those things but um uh really a reflection of his his business savvy.
0: I, I know Fenway Sports Management is a unit of Fenway Sports Group, which is private. So, you know, there aren't a lot of financials available. But for our listeners out there, is there any way to give them an idea about how big Fenway Sports Management is? You know, is, is it over $10 million in annual revenue, over $100 million, r- Roughly, Roughly, how, how big is it?
1: well i i, I don't want to like you say we're we're a privately held company and it's our our business not to uh, release our financial information but you know we're what i 'll say is this we've we're now uh thirteen years old which is hard to believe f s m is that thirteen years old and um, it's a it's a we're 're a profitable company um, where we're we're doing we're doing very well where if it was um if it was Mark and Mike, sports marketing company, we would be very happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, we've got, we've got a great, we've got uh, 37 employees here, uh, I believe is the number now. And, you know, as I say, we're looking, we're, we're poised for future growth. Before I let you go, how would
0: you rank the various divisions in Fenway sports marketing right now, just in terms of size from, from biggest to smallest?
1: yeah that's uh, our our sales business is our is our biggest slice of our business. It probably represents i would say seventy percent of our, our revenue and after that I would say our um, uh, our events business and our consulting business probably are uh, roughly in the same at the same level
0: and I, and I think uh, you and I are in agreement that in two thousand and eighteen major league baseball is going to easily Surpassed this past year's sponsorship number, and, I, I, and I'm guessing. I maybe you and I can have a uh, a, a gentleman's bet here from a Red Sox fan against uh, a Yankee fan. I, I'm guessing that when we next time we look at this uh, ESPIEG report, that the uh, sponsorship spending on baseball will have gone from 892 million, which is for 2017, to I'm saying my number is going to be. Nine
1: thirty-five. I would. uh, I think that uh, it's definitely going to grow, and it's a reflection of how baseball is going to market right now. And you're going to take the over or the under on that? I I, well, I'm not close enough to the business (laughs) level to. Come on, a Yankee
0: fan and a Red Sox fan here. Come on, for a cup of coffee, let's just go before I let you go.
1: I I would. I'm going to say over. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the over. And I, look, Mike, I'm not going to hold it against you that you're a Yankees fan. It's good that a Yankees and a Red Sox fan can can have a great uh, engaging conversation. And it's great for baseball for the Red Sox and the Yankees for both to, for both organizations to be competitive and uh, you know have a great rivalry. I think um, we look forward to to many years ahead of uh, battling it out with the Yankees. It's it's good for the game.
0: Thank you, Mark, and it's great for sports in general and baseball in particular that a gentleman like yourself is involved. I really appreciate you coming on. It's been very informative and uh, I hope to talk to you beginning of 2018 baseball season. It should be a lot of fun. I look forward to
1: that. Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: Thank you. That's it for this episode of Forbes sports money. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, Please email us at sportsmoney at podcastone.com. That's dot E.com.
1: It's Heather Dubrow. Come join me for Heather Dubrow's World exclusively on Podcast One. We have so many fun conversations and great guests. Recently, Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor was here. Suzanne Summers, Matt Eisman, Tamara Judge, my buddy, was here. All kinds of really fun. Randy Jackson, Kellen Lutz. I didn't let him bite me. Join me every Friday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At the
0: border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing,
1: is tremendous.
0: This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where
1: are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs.
0: Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donohue.